Welcome back to Disney Dependent. I'm Sarah Chilcott. And I'm Adam Scott. <laughs> Why, Why did he do, do it? <laughs> because he's a storyteller. Okay. He knows how to set up a story. Oh, you, not Adam Scott. <laughs> That's what he does. He being me. Follow along, Ashley. Try to keep up. I thought Adam Scott was the storyteller, and I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Also, you know how I get infuriated by things. Can yes. you imagine having a name like that? Two first names? Yeah. Yeah. It's absurd. Adam Scott? Poor guy. Just a Not nothing. really. Just a nothing. Everyone knows guy. how to spell it. There's yeah, that. he's rich and famous, too. I think he's doing all right. He's got a weird angular face. I don't know who we're talking about. You do. He's a... Uh, do I? Yeah. Let me show you a picture, Sarah. It's on Parks and Rec. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That guy. The guy that plays Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's a handsome fella. He's handsome. James he's would bone him. Very. The older he gets... <laughs> he just skips right over that. <laughs> he just gets a little bit weirder looking, and yes, I would bone him. And he's got a <laughs> angular, weird nose and chin. Don't know yeah. what to do with that information. I don't think you have to do anything with it. Yeah. I think yeah. you're off the hook. Well, um, how's everyone doing despite the stupid January Portland weather? Uh, I think we were all just talking about how we all kind of feel like garbage. Yeah. Warmed up garbage. Yeah, I got the travel cred. I don't think, I don't know if I'm officially saying I'm sick. Yeah. I'm not not, though. Does that make sense? I'm not. I'm certainly not well. No, I'm, yeah, I'm I am unwell off. for sure. Yeah, I Good was telling them bug. that I thought I was just hungover because boy, did I do it on New Year's Day, <laughs> not mm. New Year's Eve. Right. I mean, I did a little on New Year's Eve too, but New Year's Day, I decided that I was young and fun, and decided to go out with someone who's ten years younger than us. Yeah, that'll do it. And we that'll went out it. with this other couple, and. uh they're just stronger people. Was that you know M and D? No, no, that okay. was Kayla from oh, work, right? And her boyfriend Colton. It was so much fun, so much fun. Is Colton from Oregon? Mm-hmm. That's a very Oregon name, Colton. Yeah, I think he's right here somewhere, but in yeah. this room, in with this us. room, he was born right here. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, wait, drinking's fun. It I just, is I would fun. be sick for so but, many yeah, days after that. That's the thing is, I I went too hard Monday, and then Tuesday was just destroyed. It was a useless day for me. Yep. Or sorry, it was Sunday because it was New Year's, New Year's Day, and then Monday. See, this is how ruined I was. Yeah. Monday, I was ruined all day. Right. I woke up Tuesday feeling a little off, and I was like, "Oh no!" Mm. But I still feel just a little off, and it is now. Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. So I'm not still hungover. I think I just have something going on. But you took a nice long nap today. I sure did. Yeah. Boy, did I. Sleeping typically helps when yeah. I'm sick. I should probably sleep this one off. I won't. I told James I that though. I tried uh, baking soda and water, and he was flabbergasted that yep. that was a thing. Can't wait. And uh, then we started talking about Alka-Seltzer, and he said he wants a tap of mm -hmm. Alka-Seltzer. Mm -hmm. Like a kegerator of Alka-Seltzer. Yeah, and we mm -hmm. were just picturing what that would look like. Like, what other taps would you have on that just abomination well, of a refrigerator? As we talk about this, I'm trying to burp myself like a baby. Okay, so <laughs> Alka-Seltzer for sure. Yeah. Soda water, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah. Carbonated okay. Okay. stuff that makes me burp. Kombucha. That's all I want. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that can be done. Yeah, it can be done. People come over and they're like, oh, radical, dude. You have a tap? Who says radical? And the other thing is anyone that knows me knows that that's certainly not beer. <laughs> they're like, you that's some sugary nonsense. <laughs> you just got a Coca-Cola <laughs> dispenser. Soda. Yeah. Also, going back to radical, I say that all the time. <laughs> Okay, radical? so in this situation, yeah. Sarah walks word. in and says radical, James. What's funny is I say radical sabbatical, which yeah. is the name of James's band's album. album. Yeah. It's and a great name. It is a great name. Radical Sabbatical. That's a great album, too. It's a great album. You guys should check it out. Seven people have heard. <laughs> nah. We were the biggest band that no one's ever heard of. That's how I always describe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway. Um, I hear something. I hear something <laughs> off in the distance. I was going to see how long that was going to go. It's <laughs> 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 just in. It's 44 and rain at not Disneyland. And it's 63 and rain at Disneyland. I've seen some pretty rainy footage of the park lately. A Fr- friend of mine and client went to Disneyland with his girlfriend, and it was a very rainy day, but he said it was great because everyone took off. Yeah. And people Quitters. don't want to stand outside and wait in the, the queues for the rides outside. Uh-huh. So they were just crushing rides. That's great. Yeah, man. <clears throat> and crushing other stuff. Am I right, guys? No. Crushing. No. Tang. No. Crushing that. Not at Disneyland. Mini Mouses. Shut up. <laughs> We're diving back into the Joe Schmo's Backyard Nonsense Park world. Ooh. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, it's in it's in that state. It's we're doing Florida edition. <laughs> the Taint of America. It is the schlong to impress. Ah, I like it. I like it. Well, in honor of us going to Florida soon, yeah, I thought how, I would cover Florida. How many days are we away now? We're like three weeks. Jesus. Yeah. How is that a thing? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't feel ready for that. I never will be. Never will be. I will I be mean, ready when I am <sighs> in the park. Uh, I yeah, feel maybe I, I might say on the airplane, but even then, I'll probably realize I forgot something. Mm-hmm. And then we get back, and like five days later, I go to the Grammys. Oh Lord! Yeah, so I I gotta not get like the crud. Yeah, gotta do my best, man. Jeez. Well, okay, we're gonna cover two parks today. Ooh, my two favorite from my research. Okay. Okay, first up, picture this. I'm picturing. I'm picturing. Come with me on this on this journey. You're on vacation in Florida. Right outside a theme park that is perfect for the whole family. You walk through the gates and suddenly you're walking through ancient Jerusalem. What? <laughs> oh, yes. no. It's that one. Do they have the, the wailing wall? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. There's a man in robes explaining to the crowd of mostly gray-haired tourists the massive dimensions of the altar of sacrifice. Around the corner, two women step apprehensively into Christ's tomb. On the steps of the six-story white and gold Herod's Temple, costumed actors sang their way through a Bible story. In the adjoining theater, Adam and Eve run through the jungle terrified. In the Oasis Palms Cafe, a family orders Goliath burgers for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And then, the main attraction. Twice a day, 
a wailing and bloody Jesus Christ is marched through the park only to be nailed to a cross, screaming in agony, and then tortured publicly to death in front of a crowd of somber vacationers. Twice a day. (laughs) Twice a day. (laughs) What lunatics. Welcome to the Holy Land Experience. Oh my lord. Florida's premier Christian vacation destination. (laughs) And there's a bit of a surprise ending in this one. Yeah. Unless you already know. Yeah, let's save it. Okay, we'll save it. We'll save the mystery. Is this still happening? That's the surprise That's the surprise. Okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, there are no rides at the Holy Land Experience. Wow. um, Which sat on a busy Interstate 4 in a prime theme park location nestled between Walt Disney World and Universal Studios. Unreal. Oh, so it's in that area. Yeah. So you could have done like a day wow. at Animal Kingdom and yep. then a day at the Holy Land. Sure. Go to Harry Potter. And those are both equal things. Yep. All of them are equally good quality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So let's let's get into it because I'm curious what there is to do if there are no actual rides. Also, yeah. can I just say I'm very both disappointed and relieved that there's no rides at <laughs> right. this place. Yeah. <laughs> there are attractions, though. Okay. Just not rides. Ah, okay. Okay. You will be entertained. You will. Mm, <laughs> mm. No, okay. Instead, visitors to the $16 million park do a lot of walking. Well, 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 let me stop you right there. Did you say $16 million park? Yes. Not that much money, huh? It's not for an amusement park, but it's simply too much for what that is. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that it's not more than $17 is astonishing. Seventeen dollars. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It should cost seventeen dollars to pitch up some cardboard and have some a rent asshole. a rented a toga. Yeah, a it's, rental Jesus. Yeah, this shouldn't be that complicated. So there's a lot of walking past the Jerusalem city gate, through the Jer- Jerusalem street market, and on to the old scroll shop where menorahs and shofars, traditional symbols of Judaism, are sold. Oh, how exciting! Okay. The Holy Land experience was the creation of Marvin Rosenthal, a Jewish convert turned ordained Baptist minister who built it as, quote, a living biblical museum. I believe he's the same guy that debated Bill Nye oh. on, like, creationism versus oh, geez. science. Yeah. And it didn't go well. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. Rosenthal was raised in Philly and converted to Christianity after his mother started reading the New Testament, and he got interested in its contents. Also, I do want to point out, not to interrupt you here, Ash, but I'm going to. Um, I do want to point out to the listeners, by no means, like when I made that comment that Bill and I debated this guy and didn't go well, I'm not some snarky liberal from Portland dogging on Christianity. That's not the objective of what we're doing here. No. It's more just like... There are absurd people on in all corners of life. And this park just represents... We're just having fun. It's just an absurd place with absurd people. That doesn't mean that... Uh, you're you're wrong for being Christian or, or Jewish or No, whatever. but it is, it is pretty... Um, it's kind of like doesn't line up to right. believe this and then also turn it into... Like entertaining. An amusement park. Right. It is a little. It's really. Because it's not like. To it's not Jesus's. like celebrating no. the good stuff. <laughs> it's kind of celebrating the worst part. Tragic. This part, is right? kind of why I've always been a little bit more like 
drawn to Catholic mass. Uh-huh. Because it's, it's not like, hey, I'm the youth group guy. Let's, right. Let's slap the bass and rock out tonight. It's like, that's not really the vibe I want. Just me personally. You know, I, I, I like the like, <laughs> let's just speak in Latin and have a quiet moment. Light a an, candle. <laughs> light a candle in an echoey, creepy room. Well, after graduating from the Philadelphia College of the Bible, oh, also, he was he joined the Marine Corps and taught ballroom dancing for a bit. Forgot to mention that oh, part. Oh, wow. Just yes. a sprinkle of his personality. Well-rounded man. Yeah, well-rounded man. Um, Rosenthal was ordained as a Baptist and started an independent ministry focused on the end times theology and the need for Jews to accept Jesus. The need. The need. Okay. I just like that he focused on end times. <laughs> yeah. It's always a good thing. It's a positive part, too, I'd mm-hmm. say. Right. In 1989, Rosenthal moved his family to Florida to start the Zion's Hope Ministry. And finally, the Holy Land Experience, which opened in February of 2001. Mm. I'm looking at pictures of this place right now, and it is wild. It is a wild place. Yeah, I think it's in Bill Maher's documentary. You're religious. Yeah, religious. Rosenthal envisioned it as a Christian competitor for Walt Disney World, using its proximity to the Magic Kingdom as a way to siphon tourism money away from the mouse and into God's kingdom. That is something that's funny to me that, like, Disney World, that you need a Christian answer to that. Right. You could just go to Disney World, too, and be Christian. You could just... Right. It's it's like when people. Maybe it's not this, like Satan World. No, that's my yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. I kind of want to go to right. Satan World though. <laughs> it's pretty, I would argue, overwhelmingly wholesome. Yeah. And family-ish and whatever. Yeah, like Disney pushes some like liberal values, especially these days. But they've also pushed a lot of racist and other and like values. conservative. Yeah. Yeah. Very family-oriented stuff. Yes. And I, I liken it to like. Uh, maybe it's not an exact parallel, but it, I think it's similar. People that, uh, you know, say they don't like something that a comedian says on stage. And so they want that, like, pulled from Netflix or something. Instead, you could just not watch it. <laughs> like, that's an option, <laughs> that too. That is an option. Yeah. If, if Disney World is not Christian enough for you, you could either not go or just choose to do the things that are more Christian-oriented for you. Like going to the Holy Land experience, I guess. But this is America, and people can do what they want, so. This is America. This is America. (laughs) Does anyone know what he says there? I don't know. (laughs) This is America. (laughs) Don't catch me slipping, yo. Oh, that's it, yes. Someone said, this is America. It's a pretty good song, though. Yeah. It's a good video. No, I love that song. Yeah, it's a great video. video. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. (laughs) It really is. Well, Rosenthal wanted folks to, quote, see some of the great places from the Bible, the environments, the sounds, the touches, the smells. Oh, for some reason, I don't, I really don't like that. The, the, the sounds, the touches, and the smells from the Bible. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't imagine like biblical time smells great. No. No, no, Lots this is pre-sanitation. Yeah, yeah. kind of falafely, like <laughs> weird. <laughs> Middle Eastern <laughs> kind of vibe. I'm going to go breeze right past that. 
So beyond a twice daily crucifixion, you can also have enjoyed a variety of non-ride attractions at the park. There was the Jerusalem Street Market, a model of the ancient eternal city, and numerous prayer gardens. For the more scholarly guest, there was the Scriptorium Museum, featuring a collection of biblically adjacent artifacts, including ancient scrolls, manuscripts, and early printed editions of the Bible. Okay. For the young'uns out there, there's the Smile of a Child Adventureland. Yee! The oh. Smile of a Child Adventureland. Okay. Featuring exhibits and activities for children, such as Wilderness Rock Climbing Wall, a toy store, a children's theater and craft center, as well as a face painting station, and the trin i t get it, T, mini golf it. course. Ah. Oh, wow. Just how it was in Jesus' day. Yep. Miniature <laughs> golf. These poor kids. No. Oh. Mom, I want to go to Walt Disney World. <laughs> No, 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 we're flying to Florida, but we're going to the Holy Land. (laughs) There was an animatronic of John Wycliffe, the English philosopher, theologian, and biblical translator um, (laughs) from the 1300s. Now that sounds exciting. Yeah, I actually would like to see that. He was very expensive to make and... I just really would like to see that. So he was 15 million and the rest was just a million. (laughs) Yeah, he was a good portion of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. There was also the 2,000-seat Church of All Nations Auditorium. Oh my God. I mean, it says Church of All Nations, but I'm betting it was the only the Church of One Nation. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, which opened in 2012. The facility featured live presentations and reenactments of the Passion and Crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Oh, lovely. And the depiction of the resurrection and ascension of yeah. Jesus to heaven. Okay. The auditorium also hosted live tapings of Praise the Lord. You know, the show. Praise P- the Lord. PTL. Praise oh, the Lord. Is that a thing? Am I supposed to know what that is? I, I don't know. It's I don't a know. it's a Christian show. Oh, like, it's like a show. A show. Mm-hmm. Like a like a musical or a Broadway show? No, like a... Like a TV show? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Was it um, like a Tammy Faye Baker type thing or... Ish. Okay. Yeah. Right. Actually, hold on. 700 Club vibes? Yes. It does sound familiar, but also praise the Lord is such a common thing to right. hear that I don't know if I'm remembering it right. Praise the Lord, TM. <laughs> uh, so inspirational discussions and music at the intersection of culture, faith, and current trends. So yeah, it's a hmm. a program with talk, music, pastors. Okay. It's Yes. Gotcha. Um, and don't forget about the weekly Bible studies, church services, and live cooking demonstrations. Wow. Cooking. Maybe they show you how to make the falafel. Yeah. Or Eat. the Goliath burgers. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Isn't Goliath considered a, like a humanoid? Right. So wouldn't they be like cannibals? Yes. For eating Goliath? Uh-huh. He was just a giant, wasn't he? Yeah. Just like a big dude. Yeah. I just wish a lot of that stuff... Was happening now, you know what I mean? Like giants, the giants. yeah, giant. A lot of the stuff yeah. in the Bible being s- smote, yeah, <laughs> smoten, just all that Smited. fun stuff. You know, really, really old guys parting seas and stuff. That'd be <laughs> rad. That was on Instagram. Talking burning Talking bushes, burning bush, all of it. Yeah. Hey, man, if you find some LSD, you That's could have yourself a time. All right, have right. your own Holy Land experience right here <laughs> in your living room. Yeah, Moses was just taking DMT this whole time. (laughs) 
Well, you might notice that I keep talking about the Holy Land experience in past tense. There's a reason yeah, for that. Yeah, that's right. So the grand opening itself received national publicity, some generated by Jewish activists who said that the Holy Land experience was designed to convert Jews. <laughs> Irv Rubin, chair of the Jewish Defense League, compared the theme park to the Holocaust. Mm. Quote, there are two ways you can murder Jews. Physically, like Auschwitz, and spiritually, the way of Marvin Rosenthal. I think it's a horrible example of an outrageous attack on my religion. It's deceptive. Rosenthal takes themes from Judaism, Jewish prayers, venerated Jewish objects, and tries to pass them off as Christian. Mm. This is not a Jewish understanding experience. This has as its one goal to convert the Jews. Now, Rubin himself was a deeply controversial figure, uh, so it's a bit of a pot calling the kettle black situation here. But Rosenthal shot back by saying, quote, I'm Jewish, and I believe I'm still Jewish. If I had to call myself anything, I would say I'm a Hebrew Christian. Yeah, that's that's kind of like Kanye saying he's Jewish. <laughs> that's what he does now. He's like, how yeah. can I be anti-Semitic? I am the original Jew because we're black people are, are the original Jews. There's some far-fetched, weird... Absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Yeah. Just a narcissist. Yeah. Well, religious controversies aside, there was the tax problem. Local authorities insisted that, as a theme park, the Holy Land experience should pay about $300,000 per year in taxes. Okay. Rosenthal and his attorneys countered that it was a religious nonprofit and should be tax-exempt. Oh, come on. Was it actually nonprofit, though? (sighs) You know? Yeah. That's a pretty clear uh, distinction with the IRS. Yeah. Well, Well, then it shouldn't have been very hard to prove. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. And, and there was a lot of back and forth. Um, the struggle continued in the courts until 2006, when then-Governor Jeb Bush signed a law that exempted theme parks which displayed biblical manuscripts mm. and those that offered free admission at least one day of the year, which the Holy Land experience adopted. Mm. So they started playing along with that. But wow, so it's a low bar. Interesting. Disney World could really... Right. Capitalize on that. Yeah, right. One day a year and just post some biblical Mm -hmm. stuff and they're good to go. Yep. Uh, Both Disney parks, Disneyland and Disney World don't need any help from getting No, I know. That's what I'm saying, though. It's like they could totally use that just to prove a point. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Also, before we move on, Jeb Bush, the guy's name is Jeb. Here he goes. Now... If you meet someone named Jeb, you haven't ever in your life. Yes, you, I have. You've met someone named Jeb? <laughs> I have. In Oregon? Uh-huh. Were they from Oregon? I had a student named Jeb. And yes, he was... From a rural part of Oregon, was obviously, it short for very like clearly. Jebediah or something? I, I don't think I ever knew that. <sighs> well, well I just... What I was going to say is it's, it's almost a certainty that yeah. you oh, are yeah. from a rural place or you are from Texas. One of the two. John Ellis Bush is his name. J-E-B. Jeb. Oh. So Jeb is just a... Doesn't matter. <laughs> James is still That's like how... It doesn't... I don't, yeah, that, I, that's James's helpful. initials are Jim, which is great. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's very funny. I've told this story just quickly. My dad and I used to work at the same place, okay? His name is James Thomas Macmillan. My name is James Ian Macmillan. And... He goes by Jim. He goes, James by, goes Jim. by James. I go by James, just to make it clear... And we have very similar sounding voices on the phone, so uh-huh. I've been told. 
and contractors would call me thinking it was dad. Right. And they go, hey, Jim. I go, nope, this is James. How's it going? Like, yeah, James, how's it going? Nope, different guy. I'm... (laughs) My dad is, it would go on for so long and all you're the time. You're looking for Jim Macmillan. Yep. That is not me. Yeah. Well, your name is James, right? Oh, yeah. uh, you, you work at Claire, right? Okay. I assure you, I am not him. Yeah. You also carved your initials, J-I-M, into and a everything. window seat in a house that we had in La Quinta, California, and then tried to say it wasn't you. <laughs> you blame it on your dad. You carved your initials. Into the window seat. Wow. What a turd. <laughs> You're like, that wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah. Who else would have done that? Clearly me. <laughs> well, the park cost a lot more to run than anticipated. And despite the massive tax break, the Holy Land experience could not break even. Interesting. Few visitors were willing to pay the ever-increasing ticket prices. Um, note that they offered an annual Jerusalem Gold Pass oh, for wow. unlimited entry at fifty nine dollars each. Wow! For for the year? Yeah. That's annual a great pass. pass. Wow. Jerusalem Gold. I think I'd pay that just if I lived down there. I, I would right. have paid for that pass just to have access to it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's nothing for a year. <laughs> Through its final years, the park was receiving huge cash infusions from uh, TBN, who owns um, Praise the Lord. So it's Trinity Bible Network, I think. Right. Um, and other private donors. Okay. In February of 2020, right before COVID hit, the park announced that it would be laying off most of its staff. Fun fact, all 125 of those staff signed statements affirming that they are, in fact, Christians upon hire. Oh, interesting. Whoa. It's a bit much. Is that legal? I guess that maybe it's legal for a nonprofit. Yeah. Because I don't think you can do that for a for-profit company. Wow. Yeah. I, I can't do that. I know very little about employee rights, but since I have one single employee, yeah. I know more than I did before. <laughs> so I'll put it that way. <laughs> but so they also announced in that same time frame that they would be ending all theatrical productions, restaurants, and retail shops. Wow. The death rattle was loud and clear, and by August of 2021, the property was, ironically, sold to Advent Health, a Seventh-day Adventist nonprofit healthcare system, Hmm. who plans to redevelop the land for a new hospital. Well, now that the Holy Land experience is closed, what are we going to do with our vacation time in Orlando? What will we ever do? Well, just down the road, there is a perfect vacation destination awaiting us. That's right. It's Gatorland! Gatorland! Yay! That sounds like a good time. I am sold, just Wait, so you know. Wait, before we move on to Gatorland, um, God Place. Yep. What was it called? Holy Land Experience. Holy Land Experience. It opened when? 2001. Closed? 2022. I mean, 21. 21. Got it. So, 20 years. Okay. That's insane, though, that it was actually open for 20 years. It got a lot of money from Christian organizations. Yeah. I mean, they had a lot of visitors, but it was, I mean, every year it would like half itself. Right. Right. Like it was just yeah. fewer and fewer. So, Gatorland. Gatorland. The 110-acre Orlando theme park and wildlife preserve is the self-proclaimed alligator capital of the world. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> 
featuring thousands of alligators, crocodiles, and other critters. It was founded 73 years ago by Owen Godwin on former cattle land in 1949 and is still privately owned by his family. This quirky spot has entertained travelers from the moment they stroll through the park's enormous alligator mouth-shaped entrance. Oh my gosh. We gotta hit this park, dogs. I'm saying. (laughs) The park buys and rescues nuisance alligators from trappers that would otherwise be killed for their meat and skin. Mm. Nuisance alligators. I like the idea that they just brought in a whole crap ton of alligators onto cattle land where the cattle still were. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just like... And now they're not there. Take over. (laughs) Take over, buddies. Yeah. Attractions at the park include... A tour of the alligator breeding marsh, which has a boardwalk and observation tower. Fun fact, the breeding marsh area of the park was used in the filming of the 1984 movie, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Friggin' Doom. No No way. way. What part? Oh, it must be... The part with the alligators, I guess. (laughs) Is that that the river? I don't know. I don't remember. Like the bridge over and like hanging off the cliff and stuff. I think so. But that doesn't seem like a. I don't park. think it, the whole thing was filmed there. Probably just some scenes. Just little clips. Z- some yeah, zoomed in shots. So- scenes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. They have shows. Boy, do they have shows! What? They have alligator feeding shows. They have alligator wrestling shows. <gasps> um. So yeah, gator. Is that a good thing? Gator wrestling. Is it? Are, or are they, are they like making them wrestle, or is it just let's all stand by and hope they're going to fight each other? I don't know. We'll or probably have to find out. Or is it people fighting? It is Florida. Who knows, man? Mm-hmm. Maybe Jeb hops in there and pops his shirt off and wrestles Ooh. a gator. You never know. Please tell me they're in jello. <laughs> <laughs> With little bikinis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cute. Um, there's also a gator jumperoo, and it says, yes, gators can jump. What is that? So there's that a mean? gator jumping show. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. They jump. They jump? Yeah. Wow. Um, there's a gator spot where visitors can hold, take photos with, and feed alligators. Okay. The White Gator Swamp is an indoor area where guests can see and learn all about albino gators. You know what I like about this so far? And, let, and, and maybe you'll correct me here, Ash, but it seems like all of the things to do there involve alligators, like, specifically. There is no, like, the alligator roller coaster or... Well, I'm not or done. Is there? I'm okay. not done talking right. yet. <laughs> okay. This is the gator part of it. Yes. Um, the main attraction of the white gator swamp is a leucistic alligator named Booya. Hey, what's that word mean? It's like albino, but not quite albino. Okay. Um, a white gator with blue eyes. Oh, pretty. Yikes. There is yeah. a trainer for the day program that allows you to hold the baby alligators. <laughs> I'm in. I'm so in. They are very cute. Yeah. Yeah, they make little kitty noises. They're so yeah, good. They're great. But if gators aren't enough of a draw for you on their own, first of all, I cannot be friends with you. Right. <laughs> it won't work out. Second, you're still in luck because they also have some more classic zoo and theme park style attractions. There's the Gatorland Express, a two foot narrow gauge railroad attraction inside the park, which first opened in 1961 and was originally oh built by God. the Allen Herschel Company. The park claims that the Gatorland Express is the first amusement attraction in all of Central Florida. 
There are zip lines, including a zip line that flies across a pool of hungry alligators below. Yes. I'm so in. The ride is approximately 1,200 feet long and several stories high. I'll have you know, the zip line is wheelchair accessible. So if we go and I am wheelchair bound, I can still do it. (laughs) (laughs) There's an off-road swamp vehicle tour and an aviary. Ooh. Yeah. Sarah's not into the aviary. I love birds. I just don't want to be trapped in a room with them. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's it's very loud and squawky and... And shitty. Yeah, the threat of being pooped on, it's almost a certainty. Yeah. You stay there long enough, you're going to get pooped on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Words of wisdom for life. <laughs> yeah, you stay in a place long enough, you're going to get pooped on. Um, so some sad stuff that happened shortly before sunrise on November 6, 2006, a three alarm fire broke out at Gatorland believed to be started when a heating pad in one of the displays in the gift shop shorted out. Arson was not suspected. The fire was brought under control within several hours, but the gift shop was completely destroyed and several walkways also burned. Tragically, the fire claimed a four-foot-long crocodile and two six-foot-long pythons. Oh, that's horrible. Poor little dudes. I hate that. Um, Inspectors confirmed that there was no structural damage to the various walkways and displays at the park, and Gatorland reopened less than three weeks later. The destroyed gift shop and main entrances were rebuilt in 2008 as a two-story concrete block building, incorporating the repainted historic concrete alligator's mouth entrance. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Hell yeah. That's fun. Now, per the website, what else they got? They have wild cats. What? <laughs> that stay away from the gators. Yeah. I take it. They have their own enclosure. Okay. They have two capybaras. <gasps> oh. And an uh. encounter experience with those two on weekends. <laughs> their names are Ben and Jerry, and they swim, they lay on the beach, and enjoy the company of all of their waterfowl, turtles, and flamingo friends. <laughs> This is Ashley's dream. <laughs> in, in like, figuratively, it's her dream and literally her dream. Yeah. This is what she wants out of life. Uh-huh. Yeah. They have giant tortoises. One of them's, like, a hundred-something years old. So cool. Um, I love a nice tortoise. You can feed emus and goats. That's Aren't great. emus dangerous? Don't they kick you in the mouth? Well, maybe if you feed them, they won't. They're, is, I think they are capable of hurting you because they are very big and strong but they're also just like dumb they're they're dumb they're like a giant chicken what's the difference between an emu and And an ostrich ostrich? they look completely Uh, different different continents yeah oh okay emus have like a big thick neck oh yeah 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 ostriches have that like big poofy butt they're thick boys yeah and skinny skinny neck with a tiny head i like the ostrich better when they hide their little head silly looking yeah they look kind of crazy do you guys know the difference, like one of the more main physical differences between an alligator and a crocodile? The point versus yeah. the rounded snout. And I Alligators got the C, right. crocodiles got the A. Yeah, it's the opposite oh. of the letter, like the what you really? think it would be. That's a, funny. think C shape, huh. and a crocodile think A shape. I did not know that. There you go. I, I mean, I knew that there was a difference, and I feel like I can tell them apart, but... Yeah, Cro- and crocodiles tend to get... Or sorry, alligators tend to get much bigger. Okay, I would think like the other a way around. Florida, big, broad, rounded nose. Crocodiles are more um, of a violent threat, I think. Yeah. Than alligators too. And they, they swarm you. 
cute. And they yeah. do the death roll. They I love the, the death, death roll. roll. Well, um, I'm sorry to Michelle, our friend, but they also have snakes. Uh-oh. Their yeah, website. She really doesn't like those snakes. Their website says, quote, face and overcome your fears when you see our snakes, scorpions, toads, and lizards at the Gatorland Mile of Monsters. Sarah's showing me a difference. Yeah, okay. But ostriches are way bigger. Way bigger. Like, they can grow like two feet taller. Okay. Yeah. But I just like that they call that area the Gatorland Mile of Monsters. Yeah. Wow. Then check out the Up Close Encounters show where up close is an understatement and encounters are interesting as you meet and learn about our critters. Wow. Get up and close and personal with all those monsters. Yeah. And also continuing with the quotes from the website. Mm -hmm. And don't miss Bones Crusher. What? <laughs> Not TM, but SM. Bones Crusher, SM. Um, our giant American crocodile located in the southern part of Gatorland. He is the son of the original Bone Crusher SM. Mm. I don't know why they're what trademarking. Yeah, I don't know. SM? I don't know. We'll find out someday. Okay. Standard mark or something. Service mark versus trademark. Mm. Okay, there you go. Well, they they've basically trademarked Bones Crusher, son of Bone Crusher. Okay. Right. Um, Bone Crusher, who ruled Gatorland in the fifties and sixties. In fact, Gatorland founder Owen Godwin offered a one thousand dollar reward for anyone that could find a bigger crocodile than Old Bone Crusher. <laughs> and guess what? He never lost that bet. Cool. Um, and if you hate gators, you can enjoy the fried gator bites at Pearl's Good Eats. Don't like that part. <laughs> That's weird. That's real uncomfortable. They made sure to note that they're not serving any of their own gators. Like it matters. Like it matters. Oh, it's very bizarre. Yeah. Is it not? I don't know. Seems a little weird. I, uh, I shan't be eating them. Huh. Nah. But I don't know. I'm... Uh, oh, and the capybara experience thing, that happens on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And we just happen to have a free day on Saturday before we fly home. I'm just saying. I'm just saying I'm so in. <laughs> I'm so down. Michelle? Michelle, we'll keep you away from the snakes. Probably. <laughs> 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 or? <laughs> or we'll overcome our fears. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Well, my sources for today's episode were Christianity Today, Wikipedia, the Gatorland website, and the Los Angeles Times. Amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic reference names, too. <laughs> Very on the nose. <laughs> Was it Christian Today? Yeah. Christianity Today. Christianity Today. Well, that is amazing. Florida is one heck of a state. It really is. It's a weird one, right? Yeah. Like I, you know, I've I've only been there one time, so far. Mm -hmm. I had a great time. I don't know. I'm I'm interested <laughs> to explore. You know, there's so much. There's, there's so, so much, much there. So much there. There's a lot happening in one little state, one big state. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot. Well, that is fun, and um, we've been enjoying covering these little private amusement parks, and uh, there's a lot of them. 
boy is there. If you know of one that's extra wacky, please reach out because I will gladly feature it. Yeah, and I think it's totally. not specific to America that these parks exist, oh, no. obviously. I have an entire collection of Can't international. Wait. Cannot wait. Yeah. But I will say there is something kind of uniquely American about the idea of an amusement park. Like, I'll just build it in my backyard yeah, with totally. my neighbor Bob. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, because Walt Disney was so successful at it, you know that there's just so many people out there like, well, he did it, now I can do it. You're not And Walt. you can too, listener. You can too. And we will go to your amusement park. If you build it, we will come. Dude. <laughs> it has to be interesting enough, though. I'll build your wall. It's okay. That's um, okay. It's okay. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> apologizing. <laughs> you know what I loved was during the like the peak of the lockdowns when you saw all those like actual backyard amusement parks yes. that popped up or like the parents that would you know push their kids in the laundry hamper and spray water in their face and pretend that was Splash Mountain. Yeah. There's a lot of fun creative things that happened during that time. Yeah, humans get bored, it's fun. Yeah. Magic definitely there, happens. There was definitely a moment where magic was happening. Oh, for and sure. And then that magic started to die down and everyone went oh, crazy. Everyone went crazy. <laughs> and turned on each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, we for real. <laughs> Yay! Yay! All right. We would like to recommend some crapola to you. First up, I got the Downton Abbey, The New Era movie uh, yes we saw it yeah it was great. a while ago it's great it was cute what's not the I, like exactly it was like visiting old friends and i and i don't even think i think it's helpful to have watched downton at downton abbey but i don't think you needed to have been totally caught up no we, we weren't <laughs> i i don't think so either no because honestly there's not really that much character development in the entire show sure it mostly yeah. it's just like sights and sounds and yeah Kind of it's just vibe. listening to the way that they talk. and The music's awesome. It is. It's great. No, it's an interesting, like, I guess franchise, if you want to call it. it man, yeah, it, it was a moment in time um, in, like, the wealthy British culture mm -hmm. where society was starting to go away from that, too. Right. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting show. Yeah, so if you don't know what it is, it's basically the... The Downton Abbey crew, they all live in this giant, ridiculous manor. Mm -hmm. And uh, some American film crew contacts them and wants to do a, a silent film from their place. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of down on their luck a little bit. They're kind of running out of money. The house is starting to sort of like need repairs. And so they decide to go for it. Um, and that's the movie. That's the movie. Right. Is this American film it's crew coming movie. in? And exactly, it's a movie about a movie being made. But it's it's cute. a movie based on a TV show about a movie being made. Yes, <laughs> it's very complicated. <laughs> but um, not at all. Yeah, it's it's an interesting show for sure. I liked it, and a I lot. just love the costumes, and it's fun. Yes. Maggie Smith. I love her so much. Man, how is she still Shut up. killing it? No, that's a compliment. Oh, she, don't, no. Don't put that energy out no, there no, in no. the world. The opposite. <laughs> we she's, must protect her at all costs. Totally. She's it was impressive. funny. While we were watching, Josh was like, what's her name? It's Maggie something. And I said, Gyllenhaal, <laughs> knowing it's not. No. But then we could not come up with her last name. We finally had to search it. 
Yeah, and it well, was it's, like, oh, it's the most oh, common the most generic common. last yeah. name. <laughs> Smith. Smith, got it. Nice, that's a good pick. Um, I'll go next. My pick is a TV series on Apple TV. I don't remember, Sarah, did you recommend this? Severance? Yeah. Did we talk about this? I, I don't know if I recommended it. Sarah Thompson actually recommended it to me. Okay. And we watched some of it, but haven't gotten back into it. We did the same, and then we got back into it last night, or two nights ago, and finished it last night. Mm-hmm. And it is just incredible. Yeah. One, one of the better series in a very long time. Okay. I'll get back into it then. So good. It's on Apple TV? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's badass. Really, really interesting show. And we're very titillated and awaiting a next season that will come out at some point. So is that Adam Scott? Adam Scott. Got it. That's the guy. <laughs> Why did he do it? Why did I do it? Um, for those that don't know, the, and this doesn't ruin anything, it's part of the, the plot of the show. Uh, he, he being Adam Sc- Scott, uh, his wife dies in real life. And he willingly takes a job with a, a technology that's called severance. And it basically makes it so that when you walk through or you go in the elevator of this building, it's like Intel, some yeah. obscure nondescript tech company building. Right. Um, you're, you just shut off that part of your life and you're just the work person, yes. the work version of James. And then when you leave work, you don't remember work. Yeah. So now you just snap back into post work, James, and now you just go back to living your life, and it, it's neither as person you never... knows what the other person's doing. Right. But the, there's clear unintended consequences to that. Of course. That the they call them innies and outies. Uh huh. The innie is the work version of yourself only exist in that life. Right. They always wake up at work. Yeah. They don't know what it's like outside. All they see is this fluorescent light corporate building which is obviously terrible yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah pretty pretty interesting imagine show. getting a haircut i know out- outside and yeah. then waking up the next day and you're like what did i do what did i do totally it's like if it's office space and black mirror had a baby totally oh my god we recently watched uh is it called white christmas mm-hmm. yeah the episode? we did too oh of Black Mirror? Yeah. It's like, why do I do this to myself? It's so upsetting. God, it makes me Dude. so upset. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. And we always do this thing. I'm very much like this. As soon as Christmas is over, I get back into the, the like, I want to watch horror movies again and uh-huh. like, fucked up stuff. And I want to watch thing that's going to mess me up for a while. Yeah, because it's been a <laughs> month of like happy elf movies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the animal heroes of the week are a pair of emus, speaking of emus, mm. named Kevin and Carol. Great emu names, by the way. Truly. They, um, so a few years back, Kevin and Carol of small town Yaraka, Australia, yep. gained a reputation as local menaces. Yaraka? Yes. Yaraka? <laughs> So much so, in fact, that they were banned from a neighborhood pub for bad behavior. <laughs> wow. My heroes. Yep. Wait, they were allowed to go to the pub? Until, Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they lost those privileges. They sure did. The rowdy flightless birds have been frequent visitors to the Eureka Hotel, <laughs> the sole pub in a town with a population of about 20 people. Wow. Oh, 
Not a town. They can't afford to lose patrons. I know. They're going to need to let them back in. (laughs) Let them back in, man. Don't kick them out. No. Yiraka sits two and a half hours south of Longreach in Queensland, Australia. It's a dot on a dot on a map in terms of size and would likely have stayed out of the headlines had the Yuraka Hotel not made international news in 2020 for banning Kevin and Carol from the establishment, <laughs> largely for stealing food, drinks, and car keys from tourists visiting oh, the pub. That's amazing. Um, so the emu's caretaker, Lynn Byrne, Lo, Leanne Byrne said that despite their mischievous I mean, behavior, Leanne Byrne <laughs> said that despite their mischievous behavior, <laughs> Kevin and Carol love cuddles. Aww. The emus were known to be particularly comfortable around humans, even confident, which made them popular around town and among tourists. <laughs> the town even sells merchandise featuring the two. No way. <laughs> but at a certain point, it seems their mischief simply became too much for the owners. Right. They handled it, Byrne said. Kevin and Carol used to try and get up in the st- uh, get up the stairs and stuff, but they did put a chain across there to stop them. <laughs> it doesn't stop all the people from coming in to see them, though. Um, uh, Byrne had likewise earned a reputation in the small town um, as the Yuraka Mother of Dragons, in reference to Daenerys Targaryen. Um, so she would hatch eggs, and um, two of these eggs were Kevin and Carol. She says, they're not my pets. They just they just tended to stay, and everyone looked after them type of thing. They're still wild animals. Oh, wow. Well, each year, uh, Byrne travels back, uh, travels for a few months to work, taking her away from her home. Usually, when she travels, Kevin and Carol would venture off into the wilderness and then return back when uh-huh. Byrne came home. This past January, however, they did not. Naturally, this caused concern among the locals who worried that something might have happened to the beloved, if troublesome, emus. <laughs> Byrne did some investigating and discovered that while Kevin and Carol haven't hung out much around town, they are still local to the area. Speaking with News.com Australia, she said, Some gentlemen were cutting some wood and they came up behind them and trapped them on the shoulder, or and tapped them on the shoulder and said, Hi. <laughs> What's more, Kevin and Carol weren't spotted alone in town. They had four baby chicks with them. <gasps> Oh, oh my god, a squad. And she says, and they're brother and sister, so we'll just leave that alone. Right. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> they came back with babies, and we're not going to worry about the fact that they're related. Yeah, we're not going to worry about that. No. No, that's cute. Animal kingdom. Yeah, it's cute. Cute emo stuff. So they went on a walkabout, and they came back with some... Wait, how do, what do they say about kids, babies? K- k- kiddos? No. <laughs> no, no, no. B- b- kid- ba- baby, baby-os. <laughs> Kevin. No. <laughs> Infant Rose. Infant Aroonies. Killer Rose. Killer Rose. Kevin and his Sheila Carol went on yeah. walkabout. Have we ever talked about the most Australian name? Ashley's childhood friend. From Perth? Yeah. No. Oh. oh well, that's Dean Hunter from Perth. Dean Hunter from Perth. Now, this is. You want to do the honors, Nash? Her name is. James thinks it's the most Australian thing that's it ever is. happened. Her name is Trilby Roo. Oh, yes. What's the last name? Dewhurst. So, Trilby Roo Dewhurst. Trilby Amazing. Roo. You've never met anyone named Trilby. We'll start there. No. Then add a Roo to it. Then Dewhurst. That's but in a that great accent, name. Trilby Roo Dewhurst. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Man. James was telling this to our co-worker's wife, Julia. My partner. Yeah. 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 Um, 
she's from Perth mm-hmm. also. And she had a very thick accent. Yeah. And I told her this name and she was just like, first her response was, oh, I thought you were going to say like John Smith. Because that's apparently very Australian to have very boring something names. Okay. Adam um, Scott. <laughs> yeah. And like, exactly. She had never even heard of that name. She's like, wow, that just sounds like some... Trilby Roo. Yeah. That's great. Like a town in the middle of nowhere. Uh-huh. Trilby Roo. <laughs> well, here's a picture of Kevin and Carol for your viewing oh, enjoyment. Hanging oh, wow, out by the cool, pub. Oh, wow, they're cool, man. Cool. They really are. Nice, dude. I, I've always wanted to go to, like, really rural Australia. Me too. Like where the opal mines are. Mm-hmm. Middle. I mean, like, middle yeah. of nowhere. Okay. Well, okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Disney Independent. See, See you, you real, real soon. soon. Trail be ready, Dave has. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Disney Dependent. And you can send us an email at DisneyDependent at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Producer Ash. The logo is by Ryan Hatch, and you can find him at WRHatch on Instagram. The music is by Ryan Knowles, and you can find him at Ryan Allen Knowles on Instagram. This show is mixed and edited by Deanna Chapman. You can find Deanna at Deanna underscore Chapman. And this has been a Team Dynamite Goat production. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll be back here next week. <laughs>